All right, everybody say right side up. One more time, say right side up. Now, we've been in a series um, where we're talking about where it seems like the world is upside down and how God has called us to live in a world and to be right side up. I wanna encourage you to go back for the last few weeks. We'll talk about it, just really quick recap. According to the word of God, there are four different arenas or maybe you would call governments that are in scripture for us to that these four arenas need to be aligned with the kingdom principles of God's word. So you see on the screen behind me a couple of different ones. These are, these are the four the scripture teaches. At the top you see government. Underneath that you see church. Underneath that you see family. And underneath that you see individual. So we have civil government, church government, family government, and individual government. Now we talked on week one about, about individual government. We talked about working our way up. Real change starts not from the top down, but from the bottom up. Can I get a big amen? And so in the kingdom, the Bible teaches that we gotta start right at the bottom. And so we talked about in week number one, coming to God to set your world that is upside down, right side up. We need to come unto him. And then Jesus said, not only come unto me, but come after me, which means not only do you need to be saved, but you need to be discipled. That's when we turn the world back in your world from upside down to right side up again. Week number two, we talked about the kingdom family dynamics. If you weren't here last week, it was an interesting week in the house of God. It was interesting because I didn't have one man say I did a good job last week. It's all women, I'm just kidding, just kidding, kinda, okay. John chapter 18, verse 36. Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. What Jesus is communicating to us, that when we become followers of him, we accept him as Lord and Savior, we come unto him, now we come after him. We now adopt into a, we are now adopted into a new kingdom. And when you're in a kingdom, you have a new way of thinking, a new way of living, a new way of believing, and a new way of behaving. When we're in the kingdom, we have to understand that the Bible lets us know that we need to seek the kingdom first. And he says all the other things are secondary to being in the kingdom, living your life under the principles and the values of God's kingdom, his way of doing things. And so we talked about the last few weeks that when you're in the kingdom, you're not Republican first, you're kingdom first. And when you're in the kingdom, you're not Democrat first, you're, I said this wrong last week, you're kingdom first where our race is not first, our kingdomology is first. We, we, are, we are citizens, the Bible says, of heaven. And so the more congruent we are with the kingdom of God, the less congruent we are with the world that we live in. And so we've talked about those different stages of government the last few weeks. We talked about the individual, and we talked about the family, and today we're gonna talk about the church. Now to the world, they don't see the church as a big deal. In fact, a few years ago, we learned that, that culture sees the world as 
non, or sees the church as non-essential. They think that we are often uninformed, uneducated, ignorant groups of people that stand in the way of true progress. They think we believe weird things. And now, as time keeps progressing, they could think that we believe weird things, but have you heard what they believe? <laughs> you guys believe weird things. And so today I wanna talk to you about the role of the church and, the, and as followers of Jesus, us being in the kingdom, the role that the church plays in our, in our lives. Now before I get going, before I tell you what the church is, I wanna tell you what the church is not. First off, the church is not a social gathering, but it does gather socially. <laughs> the church is not a building, but it does meet in buildings, and in huts, and in coffee shops, and in living rooms, and in storefronts. Come on, somebody. The church is not a gathering of perfect community citizens. The church is a gathering of imperfect and unqualified people. Today we're talking about the role of the church, and I guess if you're taking notes, the first one you can write down, there's gonna be four of them today. The first one is this, that the church is where we honor God. Psalms 26, eight says, I love your sanctuary, Lord, the place where your glorious presence dwells. As the church, we gather in a church at the start of the week normally. It communicates a few things. It communicates that we have our priorities in order. The Bible says that we are to seek first the kingdom. It's the first things first. I heard it said one time by a preacher that success in your life and in your family begins on Sundays. And let me pause and say this, this isn't my note, in my notes, but this is really true I find as I talk to people, and even, well, it's, yeah. <laughs> Sunday morning attendance is a Saturday night decision. We need to know on Saturday night, lay your kids' clothes out, get your stuff together, communicate to your family, as for me and my house, I'm helping you. You know, when we come into church, we're talking about honoring God at church. When we come in, today, I, uh, there's no way I cannot acknowledge that. <laughs> I can't. I've seen several come down today, too. Let's wait for it to get all the way to the carpet before we go. Is it there? All right. But when we come into the house of God, we... we are honoring God, and part of the way we honor God is, uh, is worship. When you come in today, if you're first time with us, maybe first time in a while, you know we're not like every church. We're a little different, we're a little loud. We like to clap, we like to cheer, we like to shout. Yeah, yeah, and you know that that's what the Bible teaches worship sounds like. That's what heaven's gonna sound like. And so, so we may get a little rowdy, but we're not trying to be distracting. Uh, we're not trying to scare anybody. We're just honoring God. <laughs> we just wanna worship the king. 
And so there are times that, that you'll see people raise their hands in service, and I wanna encourage you, the Bible teaches that every man and woman should raise their hands without wrath or without doubting. It may be uncomfortable to you, but when was worship about us anyway? So that's what we do, we're just honoring God, we're, we'll clap sometimes, and, and we're just taking a moment to honor him, to thank him, to glorify him, to worship him. When we, when we go through a service, you'll see that you may, may see some people crying, you may see some people come to the altar for prayer. It's just we are dependent on God, and we're honoring him, and we're grateful for his presence in our lives. Not only that, but you'll oftentimes, well, most times, uh, or I should say every time, when we come together, we always preach a sermon. And when we come together, what you're saying, when you sit in here and hear the word of God preached, you're just prioritizing the word of God in your life. You're just honoring God and what he honors and what he values, and when you sit under preaching and hearing of the word of God, it begins to shape your values it begins to shape your worldviews. It begins to shape how you make decisions. And the more and more we sit under the word of God and honor the word of God in our lives, it has a way to change the trajectory of our lives. How many of you know that's true? So when we come together to honor God, the Bible lets us know that when we honor him, he honors us. When we come together, it's, it's actually something every week I'm amazed at. I, uh, this morning I had Pastor Tommy, a few other guys jump in. We, I wanted to experience what you experience when you come to church. Because I get here relatively early along with the team and, and uh, I don't always get to, to pull into the parking lot like, like everybody else. And, and so I wanted to be here on high time. So we drove out and, and we turned around up the road here and, and we started coming back. And I'm telling you, if you don't know exciting, there's something about a traffic jam coming to church. I don't know about you. I'm telling you, I, made, I started preaching in the car, made up, took up an offering, me and Pastor Tommy right there. He said he gave online, but I'm not sure. <laughs> but, but I was so excited. It was so funny, we, we was turning around up, going, I'm not sure which way I'm facing, but we were turning around toward toward on Holly Hills heading toward West Point. And there were people walking to church. Have you guys ever seen that? People walking to church? I asked this one couple, Aaron and Sarah, uh, if they were walking from West Point. <laughs> they, they were just, it was so exciting. Can I just commend all the people who came to church today, who come to church? I know it's opening hunting weekend, but you're at the house of God. I know you could be traveling, but you're here today. What are you doing? You're honoring, honoring God with your time, and you're just in the presence of God. I'm thankful for everybody who serves and everybody who gives. You know, our giving, we give an opportunity for you to give at the end of service. You hear Pastor Tommy and Miss uh, uh, Pam Lacey up here a moment ago, and they said we're gonna be giving at the end of service. A lot of times people look at giving as a separate part of worship. The Bible teaches giving is worship. So when we're on our way out, you see those giving containers? Pull out as much cash as you got. You can just drop it in. I'm just kidding. Look at people. What? Listen. It's a way we honor God. It's a way we worship him. It's a part of something we don't have to do. We get to do. We get to honor God. Amen, everybody. So the church is first and foremost where we honor God. The church, next point, 
is where we find a family. Is where we find a family. The church is not just an event you attend. It's a community for you and your family to belong to. Now, many of us have many good natural families, but even Jesus taught on the importance of spiritual family in our lives, what we would call church family. If you ever notice, oftentimes when I start a video for it to go out to the church or to be pushed, I often say, hey, church family. I don't just say vibrant church. I, I want you to know, hey, we're family. That, that we're in this together and we're better together. And, and what's encouraged me, even during this season of communion, uh, I've been really encouraged to just talk to people and hearing more about their connection into our church. And one specific couple I wanna give a shout out to is, is Thomas and, and Christy Crawford in here somewhere? Where are you? Oh, will you two just stand up for me? Stand up for me, yeah. Yeah, look at him. Look at you too. Now, he looks like Mr. Incredible, they say. <laughs> now, these two are from, are from Louisville, Kentucky. They, he is in the Air Force. They came here in July. Yes, sir, thank you. They came here in July of 2021, and what they told me, they were, they were church shopping. You know what that is, kind of bouncing around, kind of feeling out where you're gonna fit. And their first Sunday here was my first Sunday here. And so we, we pals. And they said when they came here, there was something different about this place. Now they could have just stopped right there. That could have been enough. Coming to church, being a, you know, observant, hanging out, enjoying the sermons. But they went one step further. They got connected into a small group. After they got connected into small groups, they then started serving in kids, started serving in greeting. I think now you serve in young adults. I think next Sunday you're preaching. They said, this is, in their words, our place. And they said when we go to the lobby that it is impossible to say goodbye. <laughs> what I thought was interesting a few weeks ago, we were actually, they were in my communion group, we had them, and they were informing us that that coming week, they had a thing called, was it called the drop? Air Force guys and girls will know what this means, but I'm learning it. He had an option to rank the list at the end of the pilot training, right? And they put in to stay in Columbus, which is almost unheard of. <laughs> in fact, they were saying that like nobody ever, and respectfully, wants to stay. They're kind of, they're young. Let's just give them the, the benefit of the doubt. They want to travel. And they put in to stay in Columbus, and they said, Pastor Ethan, we don't wanna leave the church. We don't wanna leave the church. They said, Pastor Ethan, one day, we wanna have kids that come to this church. And they had the drop, 
and they get to stay in Columbus, Mississippi, because they found a church family. Thank you, guys. God gave them a great natural family. I've met both of their parents just a few weeks ago. Uh, from all, is everybody from Louisville, Kentucky? From Kentucky, great people. But God also gave them, in addition to their great family back home, a great spiritual family in Mississippi. And we thank God that the church creates environments where you can find a family. Here's another one I gotta give a shout out to. Uh, Guy and Kim Mackey, are you in here? There you are, will you guys stand for me? Now they're a little older, takes them a minute. <laughs> I'm just kidding, guys, Guy almost went back down actually. No, I'm just playing. Guy and Kim Mackey came to our church first in 1997, 24 years ago. They, were, they came here when it was called Evangel Church. They were both raised Catholic. They are from Louisiana, they're LSU country. We bless you. We're glad that all imperfect people are welcome to our church. <laughs> they were invited by a friend to what was our church then called Evangel. They experienced God in a fresh way, they said, a way they've never experienced God before. After some time, they jumped into serving. Miss Kim started serving in children's ministry, and, they, and, and, and the kids hated to miss church. Guys played roles on the board over the years and things like that. Can I just say, after 24 years, it just goes to show the power of being planted and finding a spiritual family in the house of God. Can I just tell you, when you see them, they've raised all their kids here. Kids are serving here, got a son-in-law. It's amazing what God can do if you can just find that local spiritual family. Thank you guys very much. They're awesome family. You get to know them. Let me give you one more. I don't know if he's at this service. I think you'll be at the next one, but Leroy, Dr. Pam Lacey, and is, is Jaden with you? Where are you at? Are you all by yourself, Doc? She's what? She's out of town? Sinner. Where's your mom at? I saw her greeting. You guys fighting, ain't sitting together? Here, stand up, mama. Actually, why don't you come over here with Dr. Lacey, make you two kiss and make up. I wanna get you on camera, let everybody see. She was greeting this morning. Yes, she was. Yes. I know this wasn't planned a little bit. She's like, I'm gonna kill this dude. <laughs> Dr. Lacey, yeah, put, get close like you like one another. Oh, look at that. Been coming for eight years, Dr. Lacey has. When did you start coming, mama? Five years ago. Started coming to our church. You were invited by Joseph Grissom. He's been a part of our church for a long time. And you came from a smaller church and you were like, how do I kind of get into that? So you started, you joined a small group and then over time, it's a small group called Beloved Ladies. If you wanna get a little shout out there, help you out. It's a great small group. She now runs a small group and she's been a part of this church. And she was on stage this morning doing announcements and if anybody wants to get to know her, all you gotta do is get pregnant. 
Am I right about it? She's delivered thousands of babies in the Columbus area. We thank God for both of them. They found a spiritual family. Now for some of you that feel like maybe you have no family, maybe some of you are widows, maybe some of you are in school far away from home and, and, or maybe you're single, can I tell you something? Let the church be your family. Let's let the church be your family. The Bible says, Psalms 122, verse one, I just quoted it a moment ago. David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let, it's, it's, it's a participation sport. We are all in this together. Let us go into the house of the Lord. And I'm thankful today that God has given us great church family. And before I go to the next point, let me give you a couple tips to help you engage your spiritual family. First and foremost, we have small groups. We have serve teams. I wanna encourage you to share your story. And let me say this, instead of coming late and leaving early, this point's definitely for 11 o'clock, but I'll talk to you today. Instead of coming late and leaving early, let me encourage you, come early and leave late. Get a cup of coffee, stand in the lobby like a creeper, and wait. <laughs> I wanna see some creepy people today in the lobby. I want you to just engage and meet somebody. You don't know somebody, walk up and say, hello, my name is Ethan Ricky Paul Boggs, what's your name? Go up and start making friends, start connecting, because you ain't gonna get a whole bunch out of this if you don't put anything into it. If you got students, I wanna encourage you, get them into student ministry. So now some kids get nervous and say, well, it's all these different schools and I don't know anybody. Totally understandable. Mom and dad, I wanna help you. Bring a friend with them. Tell them to bring a buddy and they can sit together, the nerves go down, they can relax. Tell them to bring a friend, they can sit at youth together. We got students and young adults and kids ministry. Get your family integrated. Here's the reality, family help care for one another. And as they just mentioned a moment ago, we're gonna help people for Christmas and single moms and people are part of our church. But I wanna, I wanna say this too, that if you're in our church and, and you're sick or you're in the hospital or someone you know, isn't doing well, can I just tell you something? Please, please, please contact the church and let us know. We can't read anybody's minds, right? There's been people who may have been upset at times say, you didn't see it on Facebook? Honey, I'm not on Facebook, okay? My team helps me run it, my wife helps me run it, but I don't see it, and our team sometimes doesn't see it, and if that's a reliable source of way to portray or to relay information, that's a pretty poor way for us to, for you to assume we're gonna get it. Can I just encourage you, pick up the phone and call the office, call a pastor, let somebody know, hey, my mom's in the hospital, can you come pray? We have no problem at all serving, we just need to know where we need to serve. Can you help us do that? Come on. The church is where you find a family. Next, the church is where we hear the truth. First Timothy chapter three, verse 15. If I am delayed, you will know how many people ought to conduct themselves in God's, how people ought to conduct themselves in God's household. This is Paul talking to Timothy, which is really important, this next line. Which is the church of the living God, the pillar and foundation of the truth. The church should bring clarity to a confusing world. And unfortunately, there are some groups of people and some denominations 
that are moving toward what is favorable among culture, what would get people's approval, but no offense, when did the word of God need your approval to be true? The word of God should be preached with clarity and compassion, with grace and truth, that when people come to church, they are being discipled by the word of God, that they're hearing what the word says about situations and circumstances about how to handle worldviews that their kids are facing, things they're confused about. The Bible, uh, when we come to church, when the Bible is preached, which is what we should be preaching, when the Bible is preached, it should cut through confusion and bring us to truth. Can I get a big amen? The word of God is what we build our families on, our homes on, our churches on. Last but not least, the church is used by God to advance his kingdom, to advance his kingdom. Matthew chapter 16, verse 13, he says, but when, now when Jesus came to the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, others say Jeremiah, or one of the prophets, reincarnated is what they're implying. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, this is important, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, which is his original name, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. But my father who is in heaven, and I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. This scripture is letting us know, first and foremost, that hell cannot stop what God has started with the local church. <laughs> History lets us know that Christianity started with just a feeble few a handful of people, that the church was birthed with 120 people in the upper room. And by the end of 300 years, there were over five million people who were following this Jesus. What's amazing in the United States, there are 380,000 churches in the United States. 380,000. Some estimates maybe vary a little bit. There are three million churches worldwide. Three million churches. Now, it started with just a handful of people. We're now three million churches. Now, to put that in perspective, that may not sound like a lot. Let's put this in perspective. In, in, in the world, there are, or in the United States, there are 16,000 Starbucks. 16,000, there are 380,000 churches and there's only 16,000 Starbucks. Look at this, Starbucks worldwide. There are 35,000 worldwide. It's not even a it's not even 10% of how many churches there are worldwide. In fact, some estimates say that, that churches can be up to 20 million churches in the world. 20 million 
churches, because there's so many underground churches that a lot of people don't know about in countries where it is legal. So stay with me. The church has advanced rapidly. There are more than, there are 50,000, listen to this, 50,000 more churches now than there were 30 years ago in the United States. 1.4, there are, listen to this, I love these stats. There are 1.4 billion vehicles on the earth. There are a billion more Christians than there are cars on the planet earth. Our presence, Christians, is greater than any institution on planet earth. There are an estimated 230 million claiming to be Christians in the United States as of, as of mid-year 2023. There are 2.6 billion Christians worldwide. This is a, listen to this, 44 million person increase from 2022. In just six, in just 12 months, between 2022 and 2023, all over the world, we have had 44 million people come to Jesus Christ all over the planet Earth. <laughs> Christian population growth rates, uh, from the year 2000 to the present have been the highest in Africa, in Asia, Latin America, Europe. They're all trending up. I, I say that to say that the gates of hell, since the day he said it, has not been able to stop what God has started. Now I wanna close with this. In verse 18 he says, I will tell you, Peter, on this rock, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Did you know that theologians, tell you, you can go study and go on YouTube and watch this, but theologians share that when they, when Jesus said that, the Bible says he was in Caesarea Philippi, and when they were there, there was a place that was called Hades. And it was a big rock that had an opening that had a natural spring that came from it. And people would go to that rock and they would worship false gods. They would have pagan religion. There was some detestable things, I wouldn't say in public, that was happening. And they believed in the winter months, those gods would go down in that spring to Hades, into the deepest parts of earth. And they would sleep for winter, and they would come out. When Jesus took that 25-mile trip north of Galilee and looked at his disciples and says, who do men say that I am? The Bible says Peter speaks up and says that you are the Christ, son of the living God. And Jesus looks at him and says, flesh and blood did not reveal that to you, but my Father which is in heaven. And he said, let me tell you something, Peter. He says, your name is now gonna be Peter, which means stone. Then he says, on this rock, I'll build my church. For years, I thought he was talking about Peter. Peter is who God's gonna build the church on, which is, in some groups, they teach that. But when you look it up in the Greek, there's two different words. He says, this means stone. Peter means stone. That's a different Greek word. But when he says, on this rock, he's talking about a big stone. He goes, on this rock, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. This is what he was saying. Theologians believe. He looks at Peter and says, Peter, the, your new name means stone. And then he points to this pagan 
dark, wicked place. And he goes, on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not prevail. Watch this. For years, I always thought that man that hell couldn't overtake the church. What that means in context, after much study, is that the gates that hell has up are defensive. It's not that the church is on defense and hell's on offense. It's that the church is on offense and hell is on defense. In other words, Jesus was pointing to that mountain, pointing to that rock, pointing to that place where there had been demonic powers, where people have worshiped the devil, where there's been pagan ritualism, and he turns to him and says, that will go, I will break that down. Once my church starts, that they will never be able to hide from what I'm going to start. I'm going to invade every city. I'm going to invade every home. I'm going to invade every family. I'm going to do something all over the planet Earth that nobody could explain it. It's the church. I'm going to start a church, different colors, different backgrounds. Some will speak English in big buildings. Some will speak Spanish in little buildings. Some will be underground in Iran. Some will be in cathedrals. Some will be on Zoom. But where two or three are gathered, God has never given up on the church. And you know, when I pulled in this morning, I was looking around the property and I saw those excavators out there. Can you show them again for me, guys? I saw those excavators outside and I was so excited when I saw them because maybe to some people, they just see building. They just see, they just see equipment. Maybe for some of you, you just saw something cool and didn't acknowledge it. But can I tell you, when I looked at that, you know what I saw? The kingdom of God moving forward. If the devil could stop those excavators, he would. Every single mound of dirt that's pushed over to make space is the kingdom of God advancing on this planet. I believe that. Every time you see those excavators, when you're leaving today, you just need to know the devil couldn't stop. After all these years, 2,000 years, the devil couldn't stop us from taking ground. Can I tell you something? We're not losing ground. We're gaining ground. I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. We grew up going to this church. We were kids. It's it was called True Church House of Prayer to All Nations. That's the whole name. Have more names on the sign than members in the door. And we would go there, and a man named Bishop Pooley Howard. Bishop Pooley Howard, nobody could preach like Bishop Pooley Howard. And my dad would get booked to preach there, teach there, sing there. And I'll never forget Bishop Pooley Howard got up one morning, and I was in the room, and it wasn't many people. This room about, held about 400, but it didn't have that many folks in it. And he got up and wore the robe, did his whole thing, and Bishop got up. He goes, give me a second real quick. Just hold the keys, I need to wait. Take him out. There you go. 
I can't think, well, I feel like I'm gonna be anointed, but I need to tell a story. <laughs> I'm gonna, we're coming right back, don't lose me. But Bishop, can I just end this sermon how I wanna end it? Bishop Pulley Howard got up, and I'll never forget it as long as I live. Bishop Pulley Howard got up, he goes, I know, anybody know that kind of church? He goes, I know that the life has been hard out there. And I remember Bishop said, it's been dark on the outside, but I've come to tell you it's great on the inside. And I'll never forget when Bishop grabbed his Bible and he said, I've read the back of the book and we win. And I've come to tell you today in the name of Jesus, the kingdom of heaven is still advancing and we're still winning. I don't know who told you something else, but the kingdom of God, now you can come back. The kingdom of God has not lost any ground. In fact, I'll say this, COVID gets a lot of credit for stealing from the church. But you know what I think COVID did? I don't think COVID stole from the church, I think COVID refined the church. I think COVID made us focused. I think COVID made us clear on the agenda. I think COVID got us all our heads back together. And when we just come together, we wanna honor God. When we come together, we wanna find a family. When we come together, we wanna hear the truth. And when we come together, we know we're a part of something bigger than us. And the kingdom of heaven is still advancing and the kingdom of darkness has not been able to stop it. I think the best days are still to come. I'm encouraged. I don't look at it like, oh, what's gonna happen in the future? What's gonna happen? God's in control. We don't have to be a part of church. We get to be a part of church. We get to be in the kingdom. I've seen a lot of, I think you have too, but we've seen a, a lot of people who love God but don't like the church. You know, burned by church. But the church was God's idea. And you can't love God and hate his church. I've used this analogy before, but you can't look at your wife and say, I love your face, but I hate your body. Go ahead. Go ahead, try it right now. Actually, I'll wait. <laughs> Be a great way to end today's service. <laughs> Come on, we're the body of Christ. And what a privilege. What a privilege. I've told my kids, there's no greater, my son who's starting to understand a little bit, no greater privilege than building the church. I wanna keep building the church. Cause it's the one thing he said he is building. And I wanna be in on what he's in on. And I wanna pray with you today that we'll be a church that gets in alignment with his kingdom. And just keep pushing forward. Keep believing that the best is yet to come. When you get out next, in a few weeks, and you see that black asphalt out there, I'm expecting to see some good old Holy Ghost.
just be reminded when you drive out today, you look at this building, and you're in traffic jams pulling out. You just remind yourself, you know what? The gates of hell have not been able to stop what God started. Aren't you thankful today for the kingdom? Father, we pray for every person in this church that we will be in the church. We won't just observe from a distance. We won't just watch from afar, but we're gonna get connected. We're gonna be a part of the family. I feel like someone just needs to take one step closer. You've been a little hesitant to seeing if you could trust the church, and I get it, but I feel God in challenging you. You've been on the sidelines long enough. It's time to jump in. It's time to serve. It's time to believe. It's time to give. It's time to keep advancing the kingdom of God into dark places because I just believe that the kingdom of darkness is pushing back. As we're pushing dirt back, let that be a sign to the devil. We're pushing him back in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Come on all over the room if you're comfortable. Why don't you raise your hands to heaven. Put your hand on your heart. God, build your church. Build your kingdom. Do what only you can do in our families, in our communities. Come on, let's sing it all over the room. Build your church. Build your church. Build it from the ground up. It's your church. Come on. Build your church. Hey, build your church. Build it from the ground up. We're your in this place today, can I tell you something? You may be in church. If you don't know Jesus, listen up. You drifted from him. You've gotten away from him. Maybe you've backslid. You may be in church today, but you're not in the kingdom. And I just want to tell you today that he loves you. He died for you. He cares about you. And don't leave this place without saying yes to Jesus Christ. You need this family. You need strength along the way. You can't carry life on your own. And what I want to do in the last few weeks, we've had so many people getting saved. I feel like more people are going to get saved today. We might as well just take a minute and see what God can do.
There's somebody being drawn by God's presence today, and you know that I'm talking to you. And the time has come for you to fully surrender your life once and for all. You're done running. Today marks the day that you tell heaven, I'm ready for everything that you have for me. You may be thinking, well, I don't got everything together. I'm still married to this guy. And I, no, 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 we're not talking about any of that. We're talking about are you ready for Jesus? Are, are, are you saved? I'm not asking if you got your life together. I'm not asking if you got all the ducks in a row. I'm not asking if you straightened out your life. Jesus will straighten out your life. Just come to Jesus. And if you're in this room today, I want to count to three. And I want you to raise your hand nice and high. You may be thinking, well, Pastor Ethan, I'm embarrassed. Jesus went to the cross for you died an open death for you. So today, all over the room, I'm going to count to three. And if you're in this room today and you say, I want to give my life to Jesus, surrender my life once and for all, I'm going to count to three. They're going to continue to sing. I want you to raise your hand to heaven. Are you ready? One, two, three. Come on, raise your hand. Thank you for those hands. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Come on, church. Thank you. Thank you. I see a hand back there. I see a hand over there. I see two hands. See a hand right there. Come on, church. This is what it's all about. Come on, building the kingdom, advancing God's agenda. Build it from the ground up. We're your church. Say, build your church. this prayer together nice and loud everybody say dear God forgive me of my sins wash me clean with your blood I surrender my life once and for all I want to be in the family I believe that you died and I believe that you rose again in Jesus name come on if you believe it today hell lost a few more today hell lost a few more what the gates of hell hold on let me say this, every time you see someone raise their hand to give their life to Christ, that was another gate of hell that just got kicked out. Every time that, that someone raises that hand, well, unashamedly says, you know what? It's like the kingdom of God just kicks something in. It's that we come to save them and to heal them and to seek and save. That's what, what was lost. If you're in this room and you're thankful that God kicked the gate down for you, put your hands together and give God a big praise. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you for coming today. We honor you. We love you. It's a good day to be in God's house. Amen. Just a reminder, you can give on your way out. At this time, our prayer team's coming. They're going to join us across the front. If you need any prayer today for anything at all, 
If you got surgery coming up, you got a family member that needs prayer, whatever it is, you could come down with friends or family, just need prayer. If you're one of the people that raised your hand, do not leave this room without coming up here. We have some resources for you to help you along your journey with God. Can I bless you today? May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord show his mercy and his favor and have grace on you. May the Lord watch over you and give you his perfect peace. We love you, Vibrant Church. We'll see you next Sunday.